Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of June 6, 2021. We'll start this week off with some exciting news. The last in-person roundabout was on March 6 of last year. On March 13, we were scheduled to go to the APH Readers Theater, but the virus came along, the play was canceled, and everything shut down. It seemed that the whole world changed in two weeks. We held our first virtual roundabout on March 20, and we've been virtual ever since. United Crescent Hill Ministries, where we hold our roundabouts, is opening up for some programs this month. We're excited to tell you that there are tentative plans to hold an in-person roundabout on Friday, June 25 at UCHM. The Education, Activities, and Technology, EAT Committee, and the GLCB Board are working on a plan for hybrid roundabouts with both in-person and virtual activities. We don't have details yet, but be assured they are coming soon. All of the following events are virtual. Participate from your computer, cell phone, or landline on Zoom by dialing 669-900-6833 and entering code 862-9889-6972. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, KCB's chapter in Owensboro, will hold its June meeting on Tuesday, June 8, from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. The topic is Cooking and Barbecuing, for more information, contact Cheryl Lott, Savvy President, at 270-686-8689. The next KCB Next Generation meeting will be on Thursday, June 10 at 8 p.m. The June 11 GLCB Roundabout is our bingo night. Grab your Braille and large print card and come on along for some great bingo fun from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. The GLCB Board will meet on Saturday, June 12, at 11 a.m. Board meetings are open and guests are welcome. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its next Low Vision Support Group on Wednesday, June 16, at 7.30 p.m., also on the Zoom line. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites everyone to a Pampered Chef party on June 19. This is roundabout, and it'll be from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Cindy Golding... Our Pampered Chef representative does a great job introducing products and answering questions. Everyone is invited no matter where you live. Products ordered will be shipped directly to the customer. Tri-State Library users will hold its next book club meeting on Saturday, June 19 at 11 a.m. Come visit with everyone and talk about Anne of Green Gables. The book is available on Bard and from Bookshare, so grab a copy and enjoy some great reading between now and the meeting. ACB President Dan Spoon and ACB Board Members Jeff Tom and Patrick Sheehan were our speakers on Roundabout this past Friday, June 4. Their topic was the upcoming election for ACB officers, five ACB directors, 
and three members of the ACB Board of Publications. This election will be taking place at the 2021 ACB Conference and Convention in July. Dan, Jeff, and Patrick did an outstanding job discussing how ACB elects its boards of directors and publications. They described past ACB elections, explained why we couldn't hold elections last year, and gave detailed information about the process planned for this year's convention. They also answered questions and touched on how this year's experience will probably impact elections in the future. This is an extremely important topic that touches every member of the American Council of the Blind, both now and going forward. On page two, you will hear Dan, Jeff's, and Patrick's presentation, and as time permits, some of the questions and discussion following their remarks. We're so glad you joined us this week for Soundprints. Remember to call or email us with your comments, feedback, and suggestions. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Page 2. All right, so I want to give a big Kentucky welcome to our three guests today. Uh, Mr. Jeff Tom, who's the president of AALV and also uh, on the board of directors. Uh, Mr. Pat Sheehan, who is on the board of directors and the chair of the voting task force committee that has come up with all these uh, well-laid plans. And the man who makes the big bucks and takes all the all the grief, Dan Spoon, uh, president of ACB, of course. So welcome, gentlemen, and uh, thank you for coming today. Well, thank you, Matt. Thanks for having us. Great. Uh, uh, why don't I start out, and I'll, I'll head this uh, then over to Jeff to talk about some of the assumptions we've made. Dan, we always let you talk about the process because you'll be intimately involved in all that. And then I think what we'll do is maybe take some, uh, take some questions. Generally in these uh, discussions, I set the table. Uh, and one of the things I want to do is thank the committee, Matt, of which you are a member, and thank you very much for the contributions that, that uh, you helped make on the voting task force. We had 13, um, 13 uh, members of ACB and five uh, members uh, from the national office work with us committee of 18 people we met in November, and we finished up in five meetings, finished up with the recommendations in early February. Um, And I I think we did a a very excellent job. One of the reasons why we needed to have voting this year is because uh, we didn't do voting last year. We we had a great convention, but we couldn't pull together a a voting system and and a process by which we could do this. So we have uh, 13 positions that we need to fill. Uh, There's going to be officers, five of those, five um, uh, board positions. We held them over for one year and three BOP positions. A lot of positions. The nominating committee is going to be a busy place this year. Um, But we were able to... um, We were able to uh, utilize remote voting this year 
because of the Articles of Incorporation were altered because of the pandemic. Only for 2021, uh, while we're in this emergency pandemic, uh, we are given the authority to hold remote elections um, while the pandemic is still in place. And so technically, uh, after 20, after this conference, uh, we would go back to what we've, uh, what we've had in the past. I understand there have been some lively discussions uh, on, um, on conversations, and who knows if we'll get into some of that tonight. But uh, right now, what we really want to do is to make sure that we have good elections for 2021. This is our first time getting into the remote uh, voting sphere, and I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, let, me, let me introduce Jeff, and Jeff and I have been through this for about, I think we've been working on this for about eight years but because of the pandemic, we're able to really make a lot of strides. But I would really like to say thank you to the voting task force for very lively, good meetings, productive, very collegial, and everyone worked towards the uh, goal of making sure we could get remote voting for 2021. Jeff, do you want to talk about some of the assumptions we made um, sure. going forward? And then we can go to Dan for maybe process questions. Okay. Thanks, Patrick. So. I'd say the two biggest assumptions is that, and I guess you can call them assumptions, because they really uh, were the cause of the underlying process that we are using, is number one, we wanted to make sure that we complied with the DC code. And one of the things that the DC code requires us to do is allow everybody a chance to vote, whether they uh, register for the convention or not, as long as they are a member on the record date, which is June 16th. So if you certify before the date, before the end of June 16th, then you have a chance to vote at convention. And number two, we wanted this election to be as close as it could be to how we have conducted our elections in the past under our current constitution and bylaws and under the traditions of, that we have you know, inculcated throughout ACB's you know, 60 years. So, for example, we have never used write-ins for our elections. So there won't be write-ins this time. Um, another example, um, we've always had the tradition whereby if no one gets a majority, and there's say there's more than two candidates, if no one gets a majority of 50% plus one, then you always go down, you only have one runoff. So if there are four candidates, you automatically go down to two. If there are five candidates, you go down to two. And, that, and we're going to continue with that tradition. And of course, um, we have always, not always, but over the last several years since we modified our constitution, we've used a secret ballot. And so although we can't use a paper ballot, which is called for in the constitution, we're going to keep it as secret as is possible in a remote voting system. And the other things, a couple of other things which we decided on is that because Number one, this is new, and number two, every officer and director and member, elected member of the Board of Publications is up for election. Uh, 
And that might create, depending upon how many contested elections we have, a lot of um, convention time. We needed to not allow any constitutional amendments and um, resolutions to be voted on at this convention. Um, not only because they take more time, but because we would have to figure out the methodology for doing that. And so we decided we'd forego any of that. Resolutions will be done essentially as they were last year with public meetings for members to talk about them, and then the board will ultimately vote on the, the product that is produced. Um, and there will be no constitutional amendments voted on at this particular convention. And those are basically the what we decided on had to form the basic structure of our process before we picked out the process itself. And um, I guess I'll let, I'll go to Dan to start telling you about the process that we picked out and how it will work um, at convention. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff and, and uh, Patrick. And I do want to thank both Patrick and Jeff for all of their hard work as the chair and, and vice chair of the uh, voting task force ad hoc committee. Again, I uh, really appreciate all of their efforts, as well as Matt, uh, as Patrick recognized earlier, who was a member of the task force. And I also, before I get started, I just have to give a shout out to Natalie and Winter, who were both selected as J.P. Morgan Chase Fellows for this upcoming convention. So hip, hip, hooray to you, hey, two nice lovely uh, ladies. That's great. So congratulations. Uh, all right. Uh, process. Wow. You know, we, we'll, we'll kind of maybe not go into too much detail, and then, and then there'll be, you know, time where we can ask questions, but I'll, I'll try to... Um, provide the general process uh, outline. So um, first, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the system we're going to use, uh, and that is uh, Vote Now, uh, which is uh, a system that has been used for the last, I believe, five years by GDUI, uh, our guide dog uh, special interest affiliate. So it has a proven track record of accessibility for for our community, and um, and so it, it will be the system that we use to collect our individual vote. So again, there'll be, as always with with our elections with uh, ACB, there'll be both an individual vote and an affiliate uh, delegate vote, and those two added together will then determine the outcome of the election. And we will have a, I call him the, the supervisor of the election, which is really our chief financial officer, uh, Nancy Marks Becker, who will be responsible for uh, helping uh, the secretary and our parliamentarian uh, to add up the uh, affiliate vote and then put it together with the vote now vote. She's the one who's in contact with Vote Now and, and working with them on all of the results and kind of our liaison to Vote Now. 
And those two uh, votes will be added together by Nancy and then presented out at the end of each election. So she'll present the the uh, affiliate vote, the individual vote, and then the combined vote uh, for each candidate for each election. Uh, so she'll play that supervisory role and be our conduit back to vote now if people have questions about their security, uh, their security code, or or how to proceed if they had questions about the phone number, any of those kind of things. She's going to be our liaison there. Uh, so she'll she'll have that role. Uh, we are to go through the process first. I'll start with uh, an opening session. Uh, our board of directors ha adopted a new set of standing rules for this convention that you know take into account our uh, our desire to do remote voting, and those uh, standing rules have been unanimously approved by our ACB board of directors, and will be in the convention program and available on the website for anyone and everyone. Uh, to read prior to the convention. And the highlights of that, Jeff uh, has already spelled out, you know, with, uh, you know, the few things around the, the, the write-in ballot and the how we do runoff elections. And also, uh, if we have an uncontested election, then we'll, you know, um, we'll uh, vote for their uh, approval through, you know, a, a, a vote of acclamation, you know. Um, so we'll, we'll not... Um, you know, require of an actual vote if we, we have an uncontested election. Just a voice vote will do. Uh, and so those are kind of our rules, along with the, the constitutional change that, that's in the standing rules that we will not require a paper ballot uh, because, of course, we're going to vote remotely. So what Vote Now will allow you to do is vote in three different ways. You can vote either with an email so everybody that has an email and is a member of ACB and has an email in good standing, and we have, luckily, the nice thing is with all of our posts out to um, constant contact with things like dots and dashes and the e-forum, we kind of know who's got, you know, valid emails that are going through and working, you know. And so for all those folks that we're making good connection on, they'll receive their ballot electronically. Uh, for all others, they will get a written notification from Vote Now, uh, telling them about the election and their um, uh, and their uh, access code to to enter uh, each ballot. So, each individual will receive one access code that they will use throughout the entire voting process. So, each day of the elections, it doesn't change. You're assigned one. Uh, code and you use that code for all of your elections. Um, if you get it electronically, it kind of keeps it incorporated. So when you reply to your electronic ballot, it already knows by its memory what your code is. If you, the other advantage of vote now is you can vote via phone in two ways via phone. You can vote via phone with your automatic touch tone and uh, keys. So you, if you know that for this particular candidate you want to vote for Mickey Mouse and not Donald Duck, you can select one, put your code in and select one, and it will record your ballot and say you've successfully voted. Or if you wish, uh, if you don't feel comfortable with using the, the phone keypad, then you can uh, ask for an operator, and the operator will help you uh, with your balloting process. So we think we have a good solution for 
for everybody depending what their accessibility needs are. So you can either vote uh, through email. Email can be either through your computer, uh, your, your laptop, or through your mobile device. And then you can also vote either through the, the, either one of the phone options. So that's kind of how Vote Now will work. Uh, process of the elections themselves, because of the fact that with so many contests, we wanted to give you know us an ample time uh, to get through all the all of the elections. Uh, we are actually kind of beginning the process a little bit even before the convention officially begins. So uh, Matt's probably already seen this as your um, uh, president of Kentucky Council, uh, but. And it's in the write-up that's out there, and I saw you all provided the link to it uh, on the invite for tonight. That's wonderful. But part of that write-up calls for the fact that we are asking that our secretary, Denise Colley, be informed of your delegate and your alternate delegate, as well as your delegate to the nominating committee, that all three of those be identified to our ACB secretary no later than July 1st. And then once we have that information, we are going to pass the nominating uh, delegates on to Brian Charlson, who's our chair of the nominating committee. And uh, they will be holding the uh, nominating committee uh, meeting on the 12th of July to select the slate of candidates for each officer position, the board of directors, and the board of publications. So then at um, also prior to the convention, there, the credentials committee will be meeting to verify, um, you know, everybody's official um, affiliate um, vote, you know, based on the number of certified members that you have as of June 16th will identify how many affiliate votes you get. Uh, Ralph Smitherman and the Credentials Committee will be having meetings prior to the convention. So then at opening session, uh, we will approve the standing rules uh, for the annual business meeting. And then we will call on credentials to uh, you know, give their report on how many uh, affiliate votes, uh, you know, basically certifying the affiliate votes for each of the affiliates. And then we will have the nominating committee uh, give the slate uh, of candidates for, for each position. That's going to happen after the president's uh, message on Sunday night. Then we'll go through kind of the rest of the opening session, you know, this traditional, you know, angels and uh, J.P. Morgan Chase Fellows and Life Member Awards. Uh, will the roll call will be video is a video roll call this year, and then at the end of the Sunday night opening session, we will begin the election process. And the idea here is that we will go down, uh, starting with president, and we will call, uh, you know put the person in nomination who comes out of the nominating committee. And then we will call for nominations from the floor. Uh, that will happen three times. Uh, we're going to allow 15 seconds in between with the ability for, for anyone that's uh, on the Zoom meeting to raise their hand to put someone in nomination. Um, and we'll see how, you know, 
see how that goes. If if we don't have anybody in nominate that, that comes from the floor, then that person will be voted in by acclamation and will continue down to the next uh, election uh, for first vice president, second vice president, secretary. We'll go down the list until we get the first contested election, at which point we will identify all the um, the candidates for that particular position. Uh, they will officially be identified, and now then they will be sent to vote now, and Nancy will work to get a ballot in place with vote now for the next day. So then on Monday, we will have the first election, uh, contested election. So um, at the first day of morning general session on Monday, we'll kind of go through our pledge and our beginning and our, our sponsor, brief sponsor information, and then we will have our candidates uh, introduce their speakers, and, um, and we will hear from them. And we will then allow uh, 20 to 30 minutes of programming to take place where uh, allowing the affiliates, this was an excellent suggestion that Matt and Carla had at one of our president's meetings, uh, to allow enough time for the affiliates to kind of caucus with their members and see how they would like their delegate affiliate votes to go. And then about a half hour after the uh, speeches, we will start the affiliate roll call vote. I will say also the individual vote will start as soon as the candidate speeches are over. So then we'll open up the election for the individual vote. Uh, so we'll, uh, we're going to have a separate Zoom room uh, at general session for all the delegates. So each uh, state and special interest uh, delegate will be in its own Zoom room where they can uh, be there, be kind of counted ahead of time. We'll have a, an email list in, uh, uh, of everyone in case we're missing some. We'll roll through all of the affiliates one time if any are not, uh, you know, we're not able to answer with their delegate through the first reading of the roll call vote, then we'll do it a second time to pick up anyone that, that, was, uh, that was missed. So we're hoping through that process, we're also going to have what we're calling some wranglers. They're going to go out and if, if, you know, for some reason, I don't know, we, uh, we get Alabama and Arkansas and California, and then no one answers for Colorado, then we would have our Wranglers kind of reach out to Colorado to say, you know, hey, we're not, we're not hearing you vote. Uh, here's the delegate and the alternate delegate. See if we can get in touch with them if they're having some sort of problems. We'll also have a question uh, hotline uh, available where you can, you can, if you're having troubles, you can call in or email into that to let people know that you're having trouble getting into the affiliate meeting. We'll also have all kinds of people standing by for the individual vote. If anyone's having trouble, uh, they'll have a way to contact and get in touch with Vote Now uh, to get, you know, perhaps they forgot their security code or they're having trouble understanding the phone number, whatever it might be. So we're trying to have a lot of people available to help through the process. So the election will then take place for the next uh, hour or two, and we'll kind of do a countdown to let everybody know in so many minutes the individual vote will be closed. The idea then is it will probably close uh, probably around 1.15, and then that will give us 15 minutes uh, to add up the results of the election, and then at 1.30 each day of general session, we will announce the 
winners of the uh, contest for that day. Uh, we will give the winning and losing candidates an opportunity to address the general session. And then we will go through the uh, kind of on down the list of candidates till we get to the next contested election. And then we'll follow that process on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, Friday, um, we are scheduled right now to do four elections on Friday if we need to. We're thinking they're going to take, there's nothing going on, uh, you know, there's no general sessions, breakout sessions on Friday. It's dedicated just to the elections for the most part. I think we do have a few sessions that are starting at like 4 or 4.30, but not very many. And so we're trying to get four rounds uh, of elections in on Friday. We're thinking each one will take about an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes. Uh, so if we need to um, to roll over into Saturday, that's going to be a contingency day. Uh, we now, with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday, we have an opportunity for eight full elections. Uh, if we need more than that, then we'll we'll roll that into Saturday. So we're kind of letting everybody be aware that that is a contingency day. So I think in general that's how the process will work. I don't I'll, I don't think I'll go into any more detail, but be more than happy to answer questions. We I will say not only did we have the voting task force, but now we've got a special team within the voting task force that's called the voting task force technical team that's trying to work through, you know, all of the the Zoom the Zoom settings and and you know all of the communication methods uh, to make sure that you know we have uh, you know we're not forgetting anything as far as being able to communicate with each other, make sure that the um, parliamentarian is in place if there's any questions there that needed to be handled off mic uh, that. Uh, you know, if uh, if we have anybody with any technical difficulties, we're trying to kind of work through that. So we not only have a process in place, but we have procedures to handle the, the technical part of it as well. Excellent. Okay. Good. You, you passed the quiz. Okay. <laughs> I would be proud of you, sir. I, I um, feel kind of weird. You know, it's kind of weird to talk through all this. At the same time, you're running for an election. It's kind of a little weird, but, you know, well, part, part yeah. of that, you know. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a lot of information there, uh, in the, and uh, we'll be happy to answer questions. A couple of things I think to key on. Uh, the 16th date, or what we're calling the record date, uh, it's not time to your attending convention, of course. Everyone who is a member of ACB by that date is eligible to vote. So make sure that um, if you've got any stragglers, make sure you're uh, a member by the 16th of June. And then you will get your code sent out to you. It's, of course, if you get it by email and want to vote by email, you're clicking on that, uh, on that link, and it zaps your code in there so you don't have to remember your code. If you decide you want to vote uh, on your computer on Monday, you can go vote on your, by phone on Tuesday. You're not limited to uh, the device, whatever you want to, whichever device you want to use. There's that flexibility. You're not tied to that. But as we tell Ray Campbell, he wanted to know if he could vote uh, on his phone on Monday and his computer on Monday. We said, no, Ray, 
only one one uh, set of elections here. He was kind of about that, but but if you have a computer crash or something, you are going to have to call in. If you don't write down your code and you want to vote on the phone for whatever reason, you have to call in to vote now to get it, or right. or to Nancy and arrange for her to get it. Somehow you have to. But if, but and like you're saying, but if you get your you get your ballot electronically and you feel more comfortable voting by phone, by all means, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the the other thing that uh, we're going to do on the ninth, did I get the date right? Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the mock ninth. election. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a mock election. Uh, we will start. I believe we're starting that mock election at eleven in the morning. Um, uh, we're, we're, ten, uh, I believe it's ten. We're, we're giving it a lot of time. So Eastern time. It's 10, 10 to 6 with the individual vote, and then we're going to do a full uh, roll call vote for the affiliates. That will be from 5 to 6. And so you will have uh, that. Dan, yeah, yeah. Wendy, you get your, uh, uh, your code. Uh, to, oh, sure, know. sure. Yeah, be, be happy to tell you that. So for those that um, – for those that are already members in good standing of ACB, um, th- that um, if if it, if you're getting it electronically, that's going to go out, I believe, on the sixth of July. Yep, we wanted that's to we, we wanted to get it out, you know, ahead of time, but not too far ahead of time, worrying that. You know, it's a fine line there. So if we sent it out um, two months early, everybody would have lost it by the time we got to the convention, right? So so we're trying to send that out, um, you know, 10 days ahead of time and three days ahead of the mock election. So electronically, you'll get it then. If you don't have a, a valid email with ACB, then those um, those announcements will be sent out by vote now on Monday, uh, the 7th. Uh, we're trying to allow as much time as we can for them to get through the mail. And they'll be in, in Braille and large print. Uh, so if you're a Braille reader or a large print reader, you'll be able to uh, receive your uh, information from Vote Now if, if you don't have a good uh, electronic email. That's how you'll get notified. Yeah, the code that you receive for the mock election is the same one you're going to be using for the full election. Uh, yeah, election. that's right. So we're, we're hoping through the mock code. election that that will give everybody a chance to practice. Yeah. Say, where did I put my code, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go find it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, we, other thing, the other thing, too, just one quick thing, is that for those who do um, join late, like this month, there will be a second who who do not have emails. There will be a second um, uh, group that will be sent out in real and large print on I believe it's the twentieth of June, right a few days after the record date for the convention. So, although it won't affect your your affiliate vote, anybody who um, you know joins at the last minute can still vote at the convention. If they join up until the 16th of this month, that's correct. All right. So we have. Are you Are you guys ready for questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I think we are. Yeah. All right. Um, a lot so, of information. Deanna, you can ask your question. Is there any text? Is it just email, or can we text votes? There's no text vote. Okay. Uh, okay. Vote now doesn't have that capability. Um, when we look, just to give you some information on, on what we looked at, we looked at uh, really three systems, two electronic and one manual system. Vote Buddy 
vote runner and a manual process. The manual process was just going to be too cumbersome. Uh, the two, uh, vote runner and vote buddy, one of them didn't have telephone access. We felt telephone access was critical. And uh, the other one wasn't accessible from the keyboard, so that was easy to eliminate that. But our market research uh, had those elements in it. We didn't. Um, we, you know, that was what we had at the time. So, and Sun's Vote now also has a good track record with uh, GDUI. Over the last five years, we felt pretty confident about that. They have had a forty percent return on their elections over the. Um, last five years, and if we get that, we'll be in pretty good shape. All right. Um, Carla, you can unmute and ask your question, please. Great presentation, everybody. I have a question about the information that is usually available to us after the roll call, and that is the list of delegates, alternates, and nominating committee representatives. Will that be available at some point uh, before the before the activities begin, for example, before the nominating committee, before elections begin, et cetera? Yeah, I, I don't see why it cannot be. You know, we, we, we will have collected all of that information, and we're, we're compiling a list just to be able to get in touch with people, you know, in case, you know, we need to, you know, kind of – kind of wrangle them a little bit. So so to me, I don't see any problem. I think probably the right thing there would be to create that list and maybe send it out to the president's list to disseminate, you know. And, and it would uh, be or maybe right. even, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would be good to have that even before the ninth. Good point, Dan, because we want to make sure that the, and one of the things we're is that, is that the um, alternates and delegates are both in the Zoom room in case one has a problem or whatever, so we'll have a, a backup to the delegate. You'll have the alternate delegate there, too. Right. But I, I also, um, it, it'll be interesting with so many people running in the nominating committee, You, who's going to nominate you and who's going to nominate the committee? Usually at convention, we run around and get all that stuff. But mm -hmm. here, this is different. And so having that list out of who's going to be where and all that sort of information to nominating committee would be real useful to the candidates. Yeah, I, I think so. And I don't see any, I, I think not only would send it to the presidents, I think we, well, it's it's emails and phone numbers. So, again, I don't know how much we want to put it out, you know. I, I think the president's list is probably the right way to do that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I yeah. think so. But I, but I agree with you, Carla. I think that's a good idea, and that's going to help de-stress some people, particularly those that are running. Well, but the other side of that coin is, is that um, sometimes it is important for a person who wants to run from the floor to to know how to contact uh, people okay. that they may wish to help them, and it, just to make it available to the presidents kind of does muzzle the membership a little bit. Yeah. So you've got the issue with telephone numbers. And um, so we'll have to think about that, Dan. Think about it. Yeah. Once, though, Carla, probably we won't make that decision here. But that's uh, yes, I understand. And, and the privacy piece, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, just the thought. No, yeah. it's good. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Good, good thought. Yeah. Good. That's why these calls are great, Dan. That gives us something else yeah. to discuss the next time we, you know, we're looking at that tech call. Right. But that would be, uh, but I think in general that's a great idea, Carla. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, Patrick, uh, you know, uh, oh, 
One solution, one solution that might be helpful would be to put out a delegate list, like we usually do at convention. The delegate list at convention includes the affiliate the de- and the delegate name. The uh, phone numbers and the emails would be equivalent to, at convention in person, that person's room number that's never put on a list. So right. maybe if it were just a name and affiliate list. I, I kind of like that, that, that you could yes. at least say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. And, and then, then finding the person and talking to them uh, becomes the responsibility of the person who's interested. Yeah, right. there you go. And, and then having the phone numbers, uh, the complete list with the phone numbers is useful for the wranglers when yep. they need to hunt people yeah. down. Yeah. But you're right, Carl. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because quite honestly, if the person who wants to run doesn't recognize most of the names on the list, they probably shouldn't be running anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the they old days, Carla. Carla, you know, you remember the old days. <laughs> the world is something else. Well, you know how that is, Patrick. <laughs> I, I've been there. Yep. yep, haven't we all? <laughs> and the the other thing I'm just asking folks is please be patient through this process. There's none of us who've ever done this before, so we are trying our best, but we know there's going to be things that are going to happen that we haven't thought about. You know, it's just it's the nature of the beast. So oh, we're what, we're exactly going to try our best. Just brought up is a good yeah. thing. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and the first day is going to be the slowest. I mean, yeah. uh, just past experience and common sense tells you that. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you know, regardless of what happens in the future, and I don't, you know, who knows what that's going to be. You know, this is a very unusual year with with thirteen positions up. So, at most that we will have in the future, we hope, is going to be five, which would make it a lot easier to run. But this year, we've got to we've got to do what we've got to do because of the pandemic, and it's put us in an odd situation. But Patrick, you might have eight. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, because anyway. of the DOP. Oh, the DOP oh, yeah. and the director. Point. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're right. The so treasurer that- has those numbers, you know. The other thing I wanted to kind of socialize out with you guys and get feedback on is we've had um, multiple we, – we've been doing lots of these, right? So the other, the other um, conversation we've had a lot is, um, you know, and this is just the ACB membership in general, it, it, there is this feeling that this is a good thing that we are – opening up voting and everybody, whether they're at the convention or not, gets to participate. So then the question becomes very quickly, we've gotten it many times with the voting task force, well, what about the next year uh, in Omaha? So now the, you know, the special emergency provision with the D.C., uh, with the District of Columbia is lifted because the pandemic's over. Now we're in 2022 and we're in Omaha. Given where we are now, we would go back to the standard election process in Omaha in 2022, where right now the Constitution requires that you be in attendance at the convention in order to vote and, you know, through through our normal process. So what many members have asked for as part of, um, as part of, of this year is to perhaps – allow a motion at this year's convention to have a um, 
for lack of a better word, I'll call it, and, and Jeff can help me because he's our constitutional expert here, uh, but to uh, have a motion to have a special constitutional mm-hmm. meeting, a member meeting, uh, mm-hmm. to discuss uh, changing the Constitution and bylaws to allow for virtual voting in 2022. I'd love to get your all's feedback on that. We're kind of in a catch-22 right now, and right now we would have the ability. We don't think we should do it as part of this convention. We promised everybody we, we would not. And But if we had uh, a call for a motion where we would have a special membership meeting, which we're allowed to have by the D.C. Code, uh, in order to consider changes to the Constitution and bylaws that would allow for uh, virtual voting in our future conventions, if that would be, what do you all think about that being a motion for the membership to consider? Mr. President, before we give feedback, um, yeah. Terry does have her hand raised. Do you want me to take that first, or do you? Yeah, want let's to... let's take Terry's question first. Okay, yeah. um, Terry, you can. Um, unmute and ask your question, please. I actually raised my hand in response to the wonderful question, Dan, that you just posed. Okay. I have always been troubled, very troubled, by the fact that only attendees at the convention can vote. Um, There are so many reasons why so many folks can't come to conventions, not the least of which is you know, the discrimination that keeps so many of us, uh, many of our group underemployed or unemployed and Mm -hmm. unable to afford to do conventions. I think it would be marvelous if, and I I just really can't emphasize enough how wonderful I think it would be if that motion was made at this convention and we held uh, a, a membership meeting to look into this option because it's, it's, I think, way long overdue. And uh, one of the things, and Jeff, maybe you speak to this, uh, we've got the Maria Christick and Maria uh, Hansen. Oh, we call them the Marias on our board, and they would wholeheartedly agree as they lectured the task force many times just on that point. Jeff, what is your reason? Yeah, and, and in fact, it, it is arguable that we have to vote remotely in the future under the DC code. And I, and I say arguable because we don't really have a thorough legal understanding of what that code requires of corporations like ours, especially because we're different than the normal corporate entity where, you know, people come to conventions, they get paid to go. And, you know, we're not, we're just different than than 99% of the, of the type of entities that, that are under that, DC code, but it might be, it is arguable under the wording of that code that our election model that we have traditionally used is not legal. And so it is possible that not only is remote voting going to come about because the membership wants it, we've gone past the tipping point, so to speak, as that is the famous book of a couple of years ago uh, is called. But we have to do it whether we like it or not. Well, there's another question. I almost akin to, you know, we've had virtual conventions now. We'll have that component going forward. And I think the same is going to be true with remote voting. Uh, go ahead. Next question. 
question. All right. Carla had so a comment, I think. The remote voting is going to be wonderful, but in holding that special constitution, basically special constitutional convention, mm -hmm. um, are, uh, are certain elements going to take that opportunity to try to strip um, the states and the special interest groups of their delegate votes? I I would I will answer that since I'm not running for anything. <laughs> I would I would say I would argue no, Carla. I think getting remote voting in the format that we have right now right. Is, is what we need to do. There, we ACB doesn't take big steps. We take baby steps. No, but we get it. We do not. Right. And, and, and the stripping of those delegate votes, which has been a lot of the discussion mm -hmm. in the last couple of, of weeks, um, pretty much um, takes, um, takes a lot of, of voting. Disenfranchises. Yeah. Disenfranchises. That's right. Disenfranchises the special interest affiliates in particular. And, and so, so. I, would, I would like to see, let's take the step to get this going, let's Correct. make sure it's going to work, and we can have the other discussions, and we'll have the discussions with everybody because then everybody can make those decisions. Right. But I would like to see us move more towards, you know, if, if we're going to use vote now, then can we extend vote now to Constitution and bylaws? Gee, can we, could, could we figure out a way to work to resolutions? I'd rather use something like remote voting to empower more discussion rather than to limit, um, you know, the, 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 and disenfranchise the, the, uh, the you know, uh, special interest affiliates particularly, you know, I don't think we need that fight right now. Not right. Well, Carla, I, I agree with you, but yeah. it's not only the fight over delegate voting, but this, depending upon how easily the system works, you could see people in four or five years, maybe sooner, saying, let's not have open nominations from the floor. Let's have a system whereby you have to, like GDY, where you have to set your ballot up, and like a lot of organizations do, you have to set your ballot up, you know, two months ahead of time or whatever. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying once we begin to go down this yeah. path, you don't yep. know where it might end down the road a piece. It's yeah. just impossible to say. And I would submit that having, having, you know, looking back at those GDUI elections before they began the remote voting, that it's sort of taken the starch out of those campaigns and, and that voting. It, it's good in that it certainly allows people to vote that wouldn't be there. But I guarantee you, you, you go back and look at, at those um, elections prior to remote voting beginning, and you'll find a lot more participation. So I think we need to think long and hard about that, and that's not something we can settle right now. No, and, and certainly not on this call, and certainly no. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, and that's where my 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 take of it is. I like the thought of, and maybe that's even how we have to craft the motion, right? So you you could have a motion to have a. Constitutional to only talk about this particular topic. Do you yeah, letting replace, everybody vote? Replace right. paper vote with virtual 
individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. Yeah. I'm not the Constitution person, but yeah, whatever those, you know, uh, what, whatever those couple of places are, I think you could make it fairly specific. Right. But, but I, I do, think we can all agree on that. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's all about the consensus and getting. It, it getting is. It, it is. It, it is so interesting. I have to tell you, Kentuckians, that as the um, original chair of the Voters Task Force, Carla was on our very first call, like almost 15 years ago, <laughs> talking about some of the very same issues that she's bringing up now. And they're, they were relevant then, and they're relevant now. I mean, this is going to cause a change in our culture sooner than we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, how much it will change our culture and our structures, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe not much, maybe a lot. I don't know. But this, these issues have been floating around for over a decade, and now we're getting closer and closer to dealing with them more seriously. Right. But the ability to do remote voting, the technology is there, the cost has come down. Um, they're able to print ballots within 20 minutes. So let's get that. Yeah, let's get that uh, accomplished, and then the other discussions of you know the affiliate vote and its repercussions on special interests. We we can have that discussion, and and, and that's a good discussion to have. Um, and we'll tackle that later. I just don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, that's I correct. Totally and, the, and the pandemic has done us a favor. Uh, now you never want to lose the opportunity of a good emergency. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you all, when I was listening to the board meeting, uh, and you all were talking about, you know, the costs involved and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Over the years, and and you know, been on the board, and Jeff's been talking about this a long time, and and over the years, m- my biggest problem with all of it was the cost and the, the cost way down. that, yes, yeah. that's what I was going to say. It is much, much lower. And when you all talked about the cost of this election and the way this would be done, um, you all gave that figure out. And I said to Adam, when I heard it on ACB, I said, they better sign this contract right now before somebody changes <laughs> <sees> their mind. <laughs> that's true. And yeah, it's this a doable true. thing. So let's go it, it, you know? The other part that was doable that they they really improved on also is the ability to get you a new ballot within uh, 20, 30 minutes. It used to take yeah. uh, a day. 48 hours or something. Yeah. yeah, you could not have done this eight years ago, for example. No. No. Well, and conventions didn't make a ton of money either. No, so they did not. That, that as yeah. well is important. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. But, we but, do. but back to Terry's Terry's uh, you know, Terry's thought. I wanted to respond to as as ACB president. I I feel the exact same spirit she does in that you know we're a democratic organization. I, it just doesn't feel right to go back to. I'm sorry you couldn't make it to the convention. You don't get the vote. It just doesn't feel right. right. A majority of people on this call uh, probably would not be able to make it to Omaha. I think it's phenomenal that we're finding a way for for them to participate too. We have um, Debbie Dethridge has her hand raised. Oh, uh, hi, Debbie. Hello. I'd just like to thank the uh, committee for 
you know, this has been a long process for you all, and I'm just glad to see this is finally coming because, like others have said, that um, this is going to get have a lot of people being able to go to, you know, that can't go to the convention, be it, feel like they can participate and their vote does count. So I'm glad to see this is finally coming about, and hopefully you'll continue in the future. Yeah, I'd like to push for that, yes, absolutely. Well, thank you all for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you very much for coming. Ha happy oh, roundabout. Good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to roundabout, and I'm not getting any food. I'm finally feeling disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, yeah. we, we just found out uh, this week that uh, there's an excellent chance that we'll be able to have roundabout before the end of June in person. Oh, so, wow. You can just right. come right on up. Come right on up. up. Okay. <laughs> Patrick and Jeff just fly right on in. All right. There you go. Sounds good. Well, you guys have a great weekend. Uh, you too. Thanks, Thanks for all. We really appreciate it. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502 895 4598. Or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.